into worship this morning. Amen. Here we go. Sing it with us. Put your hands together. I raise a Come to fight. 
sweet to trust in Jesus. Amen. That's a true statement. Uh, it's so sweet to dress in Jesus. Put a smile on your face. Look around. Tell somebody, I sure do like you this morning. Amen. Tell somebody you're glad to see him this morning. And then we're going to continue to worship in just a moment. All right.
your place, and you can be seated. You may be seated. Brother Martin is going to give us our announcements, but you must be seated. <laughs> yeah, you cannot hear announcements if you're not seated, so... Welcome uh, to Landmark today. Do we have any first-time visitors here this morning? If you do, just signify it by raising your hand. We just want to document your visit here today. All right, everybody here is a member. Good job. So we do have Wednesday morning, uh, a full Wednesday, a full day on Wednesday. Uh, we, have, we start off with Wednesday morning Bible study, 10 o'clock. Uh, meet right here. Brother Mark teaches it, does a great job. I'm always jealous because I'm working there and they're having a great time and I'm working. So uh, then we'll we'll feed you dinner at 6 p.m. And then we have church service for the youth, for adults and for little kids. Um, we do need more volunteers to help with the children and nursery. So I'm looking at some of you. If you don't volunteer anywhere, please uh, see Miss Cindy and or Ginger. Um, giving can be done in an envelope, the old way, which I still do it that way, and I don't want to change my way, Brother Mark. But you can go on giving.landmarktyler.com, set up a PayPal, I don't have a PayPal, um, and give that way if it makes it easier on you. Today is graduation day, um, all graduates. Go ahead. <laughs> will receive a free gift uh, here today. And then also, we have a big day coming up on June the 19th. We have uh, rented out the pavilion of Green Acres where they have the pretty setup with the lake and all that. We will be baptizing that Sunday. We do need water and sodas for the picnic. So, uh, you know, whenever you're at the store, you're buying for yourself, just grab an extra one, bring it up here, and we will definitely use it. Um, and then we also have a life recovery class meeting back here today at 2 p.m. And the uh, last thing that I will tell you is, yes, I'm up here in shorts. No, I'm not going to the beach. <laughs> Wish I was. I need a tan. Uh, but before a rumor goes around that Brother Martin has spots like a leper, I do, right here, right here, right here, and on my nose, before somebody tells you on Facebook or one of these places where you get all your facts from, <laughs> no, I don't have a meth problem. I went to the doctor on Thursday. And he said, well, I want to take these four, four spots off. I said, you do it, Doc. Let's go. So just want to give you that in case you see me up close. See, it's okay. I'm touching him. He doesn't have leprosy. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Let's all stand if you would. We're going to continue to worship. And uh, we're going to give the battle to the Lord because the battle belongs to the Lord. Amen.
guys can be seated.
good. You believe it? Say amen. Amen. thank you this morning what a friend we have in you God you give us peace you give us comfort through our circumstances and our pain God we should never be discouraged because we should take everything that we're dealing with in prayer to you because you have 
the answers. You know, a lot of times our flesh wants to work it out on our own, but you have the perfect answer for us, Jesus. Help us to rely more on you. The battles that we have in our lives, God, to just give them to you. Let you fight the battles. Lord, I think we make things so much more difficult than you meant for us to make it. So, God, forgive us when we don't bring these things to you in prayer. Lord, now I ask that you would just open our hearts and minds to your word, God, that we would be molded and made where you want us to be, God, in this place today. We're all in different places in relationships. But, Lord, there's something you want to do in each and every heart today, God, in your word. I pray that you would show that to us today. If anyone here doesn't know you, that they would not leave this place without knowing you today, God. And for us that are walking the walk, God, give us more um, desire to follow your your lead and not be so self-absorbed in things in our own life, God, but to be that witness to the lost and dying world. So, so now, Lord, just... Have your way and will in this place. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering one more time this morning. Amen. We have wonderful uh, children's church and nursery, and uh, I'll make the plug for this. Uh, we need your help. And you say, well, why, Brother, Ma- Brother Mark? Look at all these young people. We got plenty of teenage help. We need adult help. I'm staring at you adults in the eyeball. Amen. Um, you know why? Because Miss Cindy and Miss Ginger hardly ever get to come in here and be fed. You know what happens to people who constantly give out and don't get fed? They burn out. Amen. And so they need help so that uh, so that they can have their turn and come in and get uh, get fed also. Amen. But we can't do if there's not enough help then we can't do that. Amen. So uh, so everybody take a turn. If everybody takes a turn, then nobody gets burned out. Amen. That's my little soapbox for the day. I'll leave you with that. Amen. Uh, well, we're going to uh, recognize graduates today, and that is graduates, uh, high school graduates, college graduates. And I'm looking around, and I already see that I've, I've missed a couple, uh, but we're going to recognize you today anyway, and I will get you a, a gift if I didn't get enough gifts for everybody. Uh, but we've been blessed. We've been blessed with some smart people, amen, some educated people, amen. And so what I wanted to do today is encourage you because graduation a lot of times means kind of the end of a chapter or the beginning of a new chapter, right? And so uh, I wanted to encourage you today, and you'll notice the title of the message is God Calling Me. Can anybody answer that question? <laughs> Man, that was pitiful. Amen. All right. Brother Martin's got the answer right there. I can unequivocally, and Brother Martin can unequivocally say, yes. And you say, well, Brother Martin, now wait a minute. You know, I don't preach. I don't teach. I don't sing. Doesn't matter. If you read the Bible, back me up on this, Brother Martin. If you read the same Bible Brother Martin and I are reading, it states that everybody, every believer is called. Amen. So we all have a calling. And you may say, well, I thought a calling was just for preachers and singers. and te-. No, a calling is for everything that you do in your life. And it's not as much about what you do. The vocation or the career is not even the point. Now, for us in our culture, in our flesh, that's kind of what we do. Uh, we tend to put a lot of emphasis on what we do. 
you know, especially men. Men, what's the first question when you meet a guy? We're all manly, you know, we got there, we stick a hand out. What do you do? Amen. That's the first question in our culture in the United States, especially with men, is what do you do? Can I tell you today, we've got it all wrong. It's not what do you do, it's who are you. Tell me about yourself. And that means not what you do for a living, not what you bring a paycheck home for, not your career. I'm not asking about your vocation. Who are you? You see, I'm Mark Trammell. How y'all doing? And I'm a preacher. Do you think God's impressed that I'm a preacher? Not very much. No. In fact, I would tell you this. God's a whole lot more concerned with what kind of a daddy I am, with what kind of a husband I am, with what kind of a godly man I am. He's a whole lot more concerned with those things. And quite honestly, those things are more my calling than the preaching is. Because... Uh, that's what the scripture means when it says, I can gain the whole world, but if I lose my own soul, then I have gained nothing. Amen? I can lead many, many people to Christ, but if my own family goes to hell, then what have I gained? I have gained nothing. Amen? So God is not as concerned with the what you do part. Now, we want to celebrate today. Many of uh, the high school graduates have graduated with a high school diploma. The college graduates have uh, uh, graduated with a, uh, a college diploma. And so they may be a little more concerned about the what to do next with that. But I'm going to encourage you today, wherever you go, whatever it is, see it as your calling, not as just your vocation. All right? God is calling a lot of people in here to do a lot of different things. And I can tell you this, most of you, it ain't going to be preaching. Most of you, it ain't going to be teaching. Most of you, it ain't going to be singing. Amen? Those are just the few, the far, and the between. Most of you are going to be called to go out into the world and to be of the world, but not in, or to be in the world, but not of the world. Okay? And how do you do that? It's by what you do. It's when you go to work every single day. Your mission field, and I keep saying I'm going to do it, and I had not done it yet. i got to get a sign for this door right here. Because when you go out this door, I love, I saw this at another church. They have a sign over the door as you leave, and it says you are now entering your mission field. Because that's the truth. When you see your, your place of work, and when you walk out of those doors, uh, that's your mission field, and you are going into the mission field, that's when we got it right. Amen. So I want to encourage all of the graduates today, but this message is not just for the graduates. This message is for all of us. All of us are called. Is God calling me? And as Brother Martin said, yes. Amen. Uh, so we all have chapters in life. Uh, I, I, I tend to look at my life like chapters in a book. And the older I get, the more the book's being written. And the older I get, the more I'm getting to the end of the book and the end of the chapters. But you ever notice how your life is like chapters? I, I've served at uh, three different churches. I've been, in, I've been in ministry since I was 19 years old, right out of high school. And I surrendered to the ministry at 17, not really knowing what that meant. But I immediately started serving in the church as soon as I graduated high school, 19 years old. Part-time, then worked my way up to full-time. And, but in all that time, I can say, and this is not a pat on my back, this is just God teaching me to be faithful. And if you're going to have a difference in people's lives, you've got to stick around for a while. Because a lot of guys go into ministry, and they're moving every year, every two years. Amen? And to me, that's sad, because you're not really going to invest in people's lives. So I've had the advantage over about 30 years to serve at about three different churches. 
uh, and have spent, I spent 10 to 11 years at each one of those churches. So I see each one of those churches as chapters of my life. And God did certain things in certain chapters that he didn't do in other ones. And he taught other people through me, and he taught me a whole lot through some things that went the good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen? And I find you learn a lot more from the bad and the ugly than you do the good. Amen? Uh, but God taught me. He took me through those different chapters. And now I'm in a chapter here at Landmark Baptist Church. And I would say I'm getting towards the last few chapters of life. Amen? I'm 59. And so, you know, it's getting there. I know. So to some of you, that's a baby. To this crew over here, it's good Lord, he's old. Amen? It's all, what I've discovered is, as I've gotten older, it's all perspective. Amen? I used to look at the 40-year-old and go, oh, my gosh, that's ancient, you know. Now I'm wishing for 40. I'm looking in the rearview mirror wishing I could see 40 again, amen. So we got to understand. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, you, God created you to do something significant. Would you agree with that? Whether you are living it out or not, God created all of us in this room to do something significant. Now you may say, well, Brother Mark, I have a job that, I don't really make a difference in people's lives. That's a lie. That's just simply the devil selling you a lie. Every place you go, every place you go to work, every neighborhood you live in, every friend of your children, every friend of yours, everything that enters into your life and into your sphere, you can make a difference in. Listen, sometimes we all get to thinking way too big, even as a preacher. Sometimes with preachers, you know what preachers talk about when preachers got, get together? It tends to be just as egotistical as some of y'all when you go to your job. Well, how many did you run, Sunday? Well, how much money did you take in? Well, how many walked the aisle? Well, how many got saved? It's all about numbers and results. Can I tell you this? As I've gotten older in the ministry game, all that stuff doesn't, I've, I discovered all that stuff really didn't mean anything. Numbers, that stuff, we all get caught up in that. Why? Because it's a, we want to measure ourselves. And God did not create you to measure yourself against other people. God created you to be faithful in what he called you to do. And so that's what I've tried to do. Uh, now, unfortunately, it took me a long time to learn that. Is Mark, it's not your job to be famous. It's not your job to see thousands coming down the aisle. You know, I'm not supposed to be Billy Graham. Uh, come, come walk down the aisle. The buses will wait. Amen. Uh, to have those big results. Now, that's wonderful. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about Billy Graham. That was wonderful. That was his calling. Uh, most, most preachers want to be Billy Graham. And the first thing uh, any preacher in his right mind will tell you, stop trying to be Billy Graham. Stop trying to be somebody else. Be yourself and just be faithful to what God has called you to do. You know what? Here's what I've discovered. If I can make a difference in one of your lives, it was all worth it. If I can bring even just one of you closer to the Lord through what I'm doing here, it was all worth it. Amen? If I can just reach one person, change one life, make a difference in one person's life, bless one person, it was all worth it. Amen? And so that's the call. When I talk about calling today, I want you to get out of your mind about being famous or being known by so many people. God does not care about all that. God is not impressed. No matter how much status you get here on this earth, God is not impressed. Amen? And so God has a higher calling for you and me, and that's to make a difference in people's lives. Amen? All right. So, but I know you graduates, you're at a crossroads in life. You're at different chapters, and you're like, okay, what's next? 
Lord, what do you want me to do? What, what career now? What vocation? Or even if you, now I have this degree in this particular career, where do I go with it? What do I do with it? Uh, in, if, if you're graduating high school, it's where do I further my education? Or where do I go? Or do I go, in, do I go into the workforce now? Or do I go on to school? Or, uh, there are so many questions. There's a lot more questions than answers, aren't there? And so I want to help you today to ask the right questions. Because at this point in your life, don't ask the wrong questions. Ask the right questions. Amen. And God's opinion matters a whole lot more than anybody sitting around you or anybody talking at you. Amen. God's opinion is the one that matters. Let's look at the first scripture, Ephesians 4, 1 through 5. And this is Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus. And he says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Now, I always tell you when we're studying scripture, be an investigative reporter. Who is Paul talking to? It's a letter. Who are these letters to? These letters are to churches in these cities. And so you can assume that he is talking to other believers. He's talking to the church, not the lost people. He's talking to the church. And he's telling them, go, go back, I'm sorry, to that verse. He's telling them, I beseech you, I beg you, I'm imploring you, I'm begging you. Walk worthy of the calling with which you are called. Now, you may look at the preacher and say, you see that preacher? Mm -hmm. You better do right, preacher. God's watching you. Can I tell you, he ain't talking to preachers. He's talking to the church. Amen. And you may say, well, you know, but and this is where, again, a lot of people get a warped uh, deal. That only the preacher is the one that's called. No, no, you were called. So what is this saying? On your job, I beseech you, I beg you, walk a walk worthy of the calling. At school, walk a walk worthy of the calling. Amen. In your neighborhood, walk a walk worthy of the calling. Don't you point the finger at the preacher because I'm going to point it right back at you. Amen. You are all called. This is calling all of us. To walk a walk worthy of the calling with which we were called. Now let's go on. Verse 2. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Now, Brother Mark, uh, that's not going to be possible. L look at that verse. Go back to verse 2. Look, look at that. That's, that's some tall order right there. It's easy to say. It's very hard to do. That means, and I want you to think about this. Most of you are going to work tomorrow morning. When you go to work tomorrow, I want you to go and I want you to walk in that door with all lowliness, lowliness. I want everybody to notice me. Gentleness. Oh, no. I got some words. I'm going to tell my coworkers exactly what I think. Amen. Mm -mm. Gentleness. Long-suffering. I am to be long-suffering with these people. Do you know how much they get on my last nerve already? No. You go in that door tomorrow and say, Lord, I'm going to be so patient with the people I work with today or the customers that I work with bearing with one another in love oh brother Mark you do not know the people I work with it doesn't matter it doesn't matter bearing with one another in love again this is not going to preachers this is going to the church all right next verse endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace now some of you not going to mention any names. You love a good argument. Don't punch anybody. 
some of you love conflict. Now, me, you may be my personality. I don't like conflict. I will run. I, I will go 10 miles out of my way to avoid conflict. Amen. But some of you, oh, you like it. You're looking for a good fight. Amen. I'm looking for a good argument. But here's what it says. On the job, tomorrow, in your school, tomorrow, in your family, in your house. Uh-oh. Now it's getting real personal. In your house, in your neighborhood, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You know, Jesus made a statement and he said, I've come. He said, I have the ministry of reconciliation. I came to reconcile people to the father through me to fix and heal that relationship. And then he turns around and he says, and you also have the ministry of reconciliation. Our whole job, our whole calling has to do with reconciling others, keeping peace. Now, some, I'm not saying there's not a time to stand up, but guess what? You need to choose your battles wisely. And even when you go to battle, just like we sung, you need to do that battle on your knees. Not with a bunch of nasty, mean words. Not slinging words at everybody. You need to fight that battle on your knees with your hands lifted high. Amen? Let's go on. Verses 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. And verse 5, One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Brother Martin was teaching in Sunday school this morning, and he talked about, you know, we may not agree with everybody, and, you know, every other church in Tyler, Texas, or Smith County, we don't all worship the same, do we? But if we've got the main thing, the main thing, and my brothers down the street, no matter what's on their sign and how they do church, uh, if they believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and life, and he is the only way to the Father, and it's only through him, and there's only one way to Jesus, and it's by the only one way to God, and that's through the blood of Jesus, then he and I, we can disagree about everything else, and it doesn't matter. Amen? Because there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. My job is not to go around and tell every other church in town what they're doing wrong. Y'all need to do it like landmark. Amen? That's arrogant. That is not what God called us to do. Amen? Listen, uh, I am to be the biggest cheerleader in town for all of my brothers and sisters in Christ, all these other churches, because the success of one church and one part of the body of Christ is a success for all of the body of Christ. Amen. And we are not to be arguing and splitting hairs with people. We are to be coming together as much as possible. I loved what our, our town did. You know, I don't know if you took part in what was called City Fest, and they did it downtown. And I loved what that represented because, unfortunately, it only happens about once every 10, 15, 20 years in Tyler is you get all the churches to cooperate and uh, you can have one big event. And it shows just how powerful we can be when we all come together, when we put all of that pettiness aside and we all come together because thousands of people came to know Jesus. Thousands of people prayed to receive Christ. We are so much more powerful as the body of Christ when we come together than if we stay apart. Amen. My, again, we all have these little individual bodies, but I'm here to tell you, uh, when, when Paul wrote these letters to these churches, they were not one huge church. They were a conglomeration of a bunch of house churches. And so listen, it's not about the one huge church. It's really about all of these little churches, all these little bodies is striving together. And then when we can put ourselves together, because listen, we'll reach people that maybe Bethel uh, Baptist down the road won't, won't reach. Uh, guess what? 
Rose Heights Church of God, they'll reach some people that we'll never reach. Uh, you know, Green Acres, they will reach some people we'll never reach. We'll reach people they'll never reach. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. We're all on the same team. It's a whole lot easier to tear down what somebody else is doing rather than just concentrate on what God called you to do. So let me tell you this. You know, Brother Mark, he's as blunt as possible. Just shut up and do what you're called to do. Amen. That's my job. My job is not to waste a bunch of energy telling everybody else, well, you know, they're, they're doing it wrong down there. Slap me upside the head if I say that. Amen. And I know some of you will. Amen. All right. So you were created for a reason. You are no accident. If you were told you were an accident when you were a child, shame, shame, shame. Let me say, that's the devil. You are not an accident. Even if mom and daddy told you you were an accident, you are not an accident. Because God's in control, and God knew you were meant to be all the time. Amen. You are no accident. You were created for a purpose. You were created for a reason. And you are here to leave an eternal footprint. Now, guess what? Mark Trammell will die one day, and he will be gone. And I hope you all have a good celebration. Amen. Now, I'm going to be up in heaven having my own celebration. But when I die, Julie, you're in charge. Uh, make sure it's a good celebration. Amen. Make sure it's a good time. I want everybody to have a good time. As my daddy said before he died, don't cry for me. Don't cry for me. Amen. Have a celebration. It's hard when we lose our loved ones. But I'm here to tell you, if they know the Lord, they're in a better place. Amen. And guess what? None of this, none of it will matter. I won't take any of it with me. Somebody else will come in here and they will replace me. Won't probably take very long at all. Because there's always somebody that's a little bit better than you, a little more talented, a little more gifted. That's not what we're to worry about. God doesn't need us. It's our privilege and it's our honor. It's my privilege and my honor to pastor Landmark Baptist Church for such a time as this. Because it's what he called me to do. And I am not to try and be famous. I'm not to try and I, I want people to come and I want people to get saved and I want this building to be full. But that's not my main goal. My main goal is to preach the truth and be faithful in what he's called me here to do. And hopefully it makes a difference in your life and in somebody else's life. And it brings somebody closer to the Lord. So that one day when I stand before the Lord, I can hear, well done, my good and what? Not my good and famous servant. Not my good and well-known servant. You notice that? What is the word God uses and the word you want to hear? Well done, my good and that's it. Just be faithful. Everybody in here was not meant to be famous. Everybody in here was not meant to be the most important person at work although I know you think you are. But guess what? If you could be the one person at work that makes a difference and people go to, and when they have a problem, they say, you know what? Whew, I'm going to go talk to Martin. Because Martin, I don't know what he's got. I, I, I may not even know it or recognize it or know what it, what it is or what it's called, but I just sense a peace with Martin. And I sense that he, he's got something I don't have. And I don't even know what it is, but... My life's falling apart, and so I'm going to go knock on Martin's door. That's the way it works. That's who you want to be at work. You want to be that person when people see you coming down the hall, they say, oh, man, I love this guy. I love this gal. They always make me feel better. They're always encouraging me, and I always feel uplifted when I leave their presence. That's who you want to be. 
Not that, oh, here comes that gripping, complaining. Good Lord, they're so negative. I'm just going to see, I'm going to keep my eyes on the floor and see if they'll just walk right by me. Unfortunately, that's, that's who many of us are, right? But God has called us to be light in the darkness. God has called us to be salt and to give the world flavor. Amen. That's your calling. That's your calling. Um, the Greek word for calling is kaleo. Kaleo. Uh, calling is about who you are before what you do. And if you don't get anything else, take a picture of that or write it down. Calling is about who you are before what you do. And again, I, t I said at the beginning, I said, especially in our culture, especially with men, that's the first question, what do you do? And here's what happens. With men, what we do in our career, it becomes our all-defining factor, doesn't it? So that what happens when a man retires, you know what happens when most men retire? They die quickly. You know that? You know that's what statistics show? Once a man loses his reason to get up in the morning, if he doesn't replace that with something else, another purpose, another calling, then all of a sudden that man loses his identity because his identity was completely wrapped up in what he did for a living. Amen? So if you want to be successful and you'd like to retire, then you need to find your calling and your purpose and just replace that with something that you can spend all that energy in doing it for the Lord. Amen? Because men become so wrapped up in who they are and in their job and in their career that once they retire, many of them decline quickly and die quickly. And I don't want that to be you, and you don't want that to be you. Mark Trammell is more than who, what he does for a living. And you say, well, even preachers? Yes. I've known many preachers. Once they retire from the everyday runnings of a church, they immediately took all that energy and they started going on all those mission trips they never had time to go on. They started filling in and doing teaching and doing seminars and uh, teaching in ways and not having to charge anybody because they were, they were retired now and they had the time and the freedom and they didn't need the money and they were able to just go and do all the things in ministry they never had the time to do because they were busy running a church. So it applies all across the board. Amen. But if you don't have a purpose and a reason to get out of the bed in the morning once you do retire... You're going to go down quickly. Amen? All right. Um, next scripture, 2 Timothy 1.9. It says this. Uh, and this is Paul writing in to Timothy, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. God called you before you were ever born. It says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made in your mother's womb, right? Amen. And God, yeah, that's right. Pointing back at me, pointing back at you. Amen. That's what God says. I know exactly what I was going to do with you. I know exactly what your purpose is. I know exactly what I called you to do. And I just need you to figure it out and fulfill it and be faithful. Amen. And guess what? That may mean the exact job you're in right now. Now, can I unequivocally say that everybody in this room is supposed to be where you're supposed to be right now? I don't know. That's between you and God. And you and God got to pray about that and figure that out. Amen? I can only answer that for my own life. But I can say this. Ask God, and sometimes we're already in the right place. We just need to change our attitude. Sometimes you're already exactly where God wants you, but you got a bad attitude. And you got a bad attitude about the place. You got a bad attitude about your boss. You got a bad attitude about everything. Let me give these young people some advice. Young people, 
Learn to be a good follower before you ever become a good leader. In fact, I will say this. You will never be a good leader until you learn to be a good follower. A lot of guys, I was telling somebody this the other day. I said, you know, in preacher speak, uh, they go to college. Then they go four more years to seminary, a lot of them, or cemetery, I call it sometimes, because it kills whatever the excitement you had. Uh, but so you go and you get a lot of book learning at the seminary, cemetery. And uh, then a lot of these guys, they spend eight, year, eight years getting all that education, and it's like a lot of careers. They come out of seminary. They've never worked in a church. They've never pastored a day in their life, but they have tons of book knowledge. And they want to go out and they want to immediately start to pastor, uh, pastor First Baptist Church or wherever. And I'm here to tell you, that's a disaster waiting to happen. Because guess what? All the book knowledge in the world, if you don't have any real world experience, and I don't care what career it is, you ain't going to be able to do nothing. I know a lot of guys that can stand in this pulpit and amaze you with how intelligent they are. And they can amaze you. They're so eloquent in the way that they get a lot more eloquent than this guy. Amen. And I'm here to tell you, they can say words, and they can paint pictures with words, and they can do so much. But I'm here to tell you, the minute they say amen, they don't say hello to anybody. They don't shake anybody's hand. They're out the back door. They get in their car, and many of them are at home eating lunch before the congregation even leaves out the door. That's a preacher, not a pastor. And you can be a good preacher, and you can be very eloquent of speech. But that's not what people need. People need a pastor. People need somebody to love them, don't they? People need somebody to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep. And guess what? It's no different where you work. People don't need you to be the smartest person there. They need you to be the most godly person there. That's what they really need. They need somebody they can go uh, to somebody who's got some real answers. Amen? And that's what we've been called to do. Learn to be a good uh, employee before you ever become the employer. Um, the next one I think that we have is calling isn't something, just something important you do in the future. It's about your faithfulness to Jesus today. We tend to always look towards the future. We tend to always be looking at that five-year, ten-year plan down the road. And you've heard me say this over and over again. And you may say, Brother Mark, you just repeat yourself. If I do, it's because you really need to hear it. Because it's, here's the fact of the matter is uh, you don't need to figure out what God wants you to do five years from now. Right? You need to figure out what God wants you to do today. And then God says, God's like, the, this is the way following God ought to be. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay. That's enough for today. Okay, then you wake up tomorrow. Okay, come on, come on, come on. Okay, that's enough for today. Most of us, we want to time warp. We want it to be like Star Trek. I was inspired by James' T-shirt today, amen. Uh, we want to time warp into the future, and we won't say, God, I want to be somebody important in five years. Lord, I want to be running this company in five years. And that's all well and good. There's nothing wrong with having plans and uh, having goals set for yourself. But I have found this in my own life. Whatever my five or ten year plan hardly ever worked out that way. In fact, the plan hardly ever looked the same. Because God has the uh, carte blanche in my life to change it whenever he wants to change it. Amen. And so always be ready. It's not about five years from now, ten years from now. It's about what does God want you to do today. I want you to think about 
your job tomorrow morning. When you go to your job tomorrow morning, how could you be different? How could your calling be different in that job? Whether you're the employee or the employer, whether you're the boss or you're the grunt. Amen. And can I say this, you know, again, to the young people, learn how to be the grunt first before you're ever going to be the boss. Because you will never be a good boss. Everybody in here has had a good boss and a bad boss. What's the main difference? A bad boss is the guy who sits in the air-conditioned office, tap it on the computer, and barks orders to everybody. Get over there, and I'm going to be checking up on you. And that's the boss. But you know who a leader is? A leader is the guy who says, guys, this truck over here needs to be unloaded. Come on, let's go. It's the guy who gets in there and leads by example. And they will respect that guy because they know this guy ain't asking us to do anything. He's not willing to go and do himself. He's not the fat cat sitting in the air-conditioned office barking orders. Amen. And so we must understand that's the difference. If you want to be the boss, learn how to be a good one. All right. Uh, Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, what does that say? Whatever you do, whatever you do in word or in deed. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I can't say it any plainer than that, folks. Whatever you do, when you go to work tomorrow, when you go to your house this afternoon, what do you, we don't even have to go beyond the house. What do the people who live in your house with you think about you? Uh-oh. That's a hard question, isn't it? I know what I think they think about me. But the reality is that's probably not even close because your perception of you is probably totally different than the perception of the other people in the house. And this is real dangerous. You want to know how to know? Julie, how am I doing? Am I a good husband? Just say yes for now. Okay, thank you. All right. Ask those kids. Kids, how am I doing? Am I a good dad? Yeah, am I a good dad? Am I, am I doing a good job leading this family? That's, that's a hard question to ask because you better be ready. And you, you better say, I, I want you to be honest. Be, be careful. Be careful. You may not like the answer you get. But if you really want to know, that's, that's the way you do it. Amen? So every once in a while, go ahead, ask it. Because you know what? You'll probably learn things that you need to change in your life. Because we all have these things called blind spots. Julie was in a wreck, y'all know, we just got a new car, and one of the features on these new cars is when I'm driving and I get ready to change the lane, it lets me know when somebody's right there with me, and I, whoo, thank you, Jesus, amen, because I was pretty bad about that, but that, and they call that a blind spot, and guess what? Everybody in your life, whether you realize it or not, everybody in this room has blind spots. There are parts of your life and parts of your personality you do not see. But I can guarantee everybody in that house sees them except you. So ask the question. Ask the hard question. Amen. That's a whole nother sermon right there. Amen. Uh, let me give you an example and then I'll be done. Uh, here's the disciples. The most, probably the guys we think of the most. Uh, these guys had it all together. Uh, but I'm here to tell you in Mark chapter 10, two of the disciples, James and John, asked Jesus for a favor. You know what they asked him? They ask him, Lord, when you're on your throne, when you get, the, because they think, they believe he's the Messiah, 
And so the way they saw the Messiah in Jewish culture was he was going to come and he was going to rule and he was going to reign and he was going to be seated on a throne. And James and John say, oh, Jesus, you know, we're some of your favorites, right? And so here's what we'd like to ask. When you get on your throne, can you put James on your left and John on your right? We won't be up there because we want to be seen with you. We want to be somebody important. Amen. All of us want to be somebody important in life. Amen. And they were no different. They wanted to be seen, and their ego got the best of them. And guess what Jesus had to do? He sat them down, and he said, listen, uh, if you want to be a servant, uh, if you want to be a leader, you need to learn to be a servant. If you want to be the first, you need to learn to be the last. And then you remember what he did? They came in for the Last Supper that night, and Jesus took the form of the lowliest servant, and he got on his hands and his knees, and he washed their feet. And he said, if you want to be first, if you want to be a good leader, this is what you need to do. Totally. Quit looking for the glory, James and John. Now, if you go to the next chapter, in chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, it's funny because they're getting ready and Jesus' and disciples are approaching the triumphal entry, uh, what we call Palm Sunday. And they knew it was going to be a big day and Jesus was going to come riding into Jerusalem and everybody was going to be waving the palm branches saying, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest and they were going to be celebrating him as the messiah and it was an important day it was a big day they didn't know the cross was coming but they knew this was coming and so jesus says i got a job for somebody i need two important people now it doesn't give the names of the two disciples but in mark chapter 11 go back and read the story it says jesus asked two of the disciples said i got a job for you two guys i'm going to go riding in not on a stallion I'm going riding in on a donkey. And I need two really important disciples to go do donkey duty. I need you to go get my donkey so I can ride in on the donkey. Now, most of us, we would not like to be relegated to donkey duty. We don't want to be the guy having to go get the donkey and uh, maybe be the pooper scooper for the donkey and all those things. We want to be somebody important. I want to be on Jesus' left hand, and I want you to be on his right side, and we're going to walk into Jerusalem with him. Amen? And Jesus says, you got it all wrong. You're looking for the wrong thing. You want to be famous. You want to be famous. You want to be known. And Jesus says, it is not for you to be known. This is so the Son of Man may be lifted high. It's not your job to be lifted high. It's not your job to be important. It's your job to be that well done, my good and servant. Amen. So guess what? Sometimes God, just to keep you humble and me humble, puts us on donkey duty. You ever been on donkey duty? Yeah. Julie has a cousin used to work out at the Caldwell Zoo for about 20 years. They had a big shovel. Guess what that shovel was for? Amen. Because guess what? All them animals, it's all got to be done. Somebody got to feed them and somebody got to do the other. Amen? And guess what? Uh, sometimes God has to keep us humble and say, you're not as important as you think you are. Uh, look at this uh, deal here. Mark, chapter 11, uh, Mark 11, verses 1 and 3, and it says this. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. And he said to them, go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you've entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. Verse 3, if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. Okay? Now, I want you to look at this next statement, and this is another one. Take a picture or write it down. 
The size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. Five years, ten years after I'm gone, may not be anybody remembers Mark Trammell, pastor of Landmark Baptist Church. May not be anybody remembers much about Mark Trammell at all. He will be a distant memory. Then I can tell you, a hundred years from now, surely nobody. The only ones that will remember is the only impact you will have is the legacy you leave behind. People will not ask at your funeral, how much did they make? How big was their house? The only thing people are going to remember at your funeral is how you made them feel. What kind of a person were you? Were you an encourager? Did you, make an, did you have an impact in their life? That's all they're going to remember. Because none of it, possessions, thoughts, any good feelings, any of that, you're not going to take it with you. But it is a legacy of who did you make a difference in? Who did you make a difference in? All right. Let me say this to my graduates, and then we're going to recognize them. Make your job and your career your mission field. Amen. Be the best and be the most faithful employee. Be faithful and loyal and have the best reputation at your work. This is for everybody, really, but I'm stressing it to the graduates. Start a, if you're going to start a business, then start a business to honor God. If you're going to be the boss at your work, then strive to be the boss that honors God. Honor God in everything you do. Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Julie's going to come. And I want to, uh, we're going to have a, a time of invitation. You need to ask the Lord into your heart. If you need to join this church, whatever you feel like God is calling you to do, Brother Martin's going to be over here. If you need him to pray over you, I'll be over here. I'd be glad to pray over you. And then we're going to recognize these graduates, and I'm going to ask them to come forward, and we're going to end today by praying over them. Amen. Because they have their whole future ahead of them, and I know they're searching for what God, what the next chapter is, and we as a body and as a family want to pray over them. All right. Father, we love you. Have your will and your way in this place today. Uh, God, speak into our hearts. Any decisions that need to be made in this place today, God, I pray that, God, they would be made right now and that people would do business with you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Let's all stand, if you would. If you need to come, the altar's open. Brother Martin's over here. I'll be over here. Would love to pray with you today. If you need to join the church or make any other decision, come forward now.
Amen. You may be seated. Well, I've got a, uh, just again, we want to recognize our graduates, and uh, we wanted to take part in uh, just being able to bless them. And so uh, we want to recognize them, pray over them, and uh, we have a $100 gift just to help them. We know as they go on with to whatever they're going to next, uh, money helps, amen. So we have $100 cash for every one of these graduates, and we just want to bless them today and pray over them. And I know I have forgotten a couple, and uh, please do not be shy. Now is not the time to be shy. If you graduated, that's a lot of work, amen, and we want to uh, recognize it and honor it. I'm going to start with the ones I know are here, and then I, I know a couple I forgot, and there may be others I don't even know about. Uh, but I want you to come and uh, uh, just uh, shake my hand and then stay here where we can pray over you at the end. Um, our first one that's not able to be here today, she did. She had to work today, and that's uh, Ginger's daughter, uh, Christian Watts. And so Christian's not able to be here today, but we will make sure. Give her a hand. Amen. And then uh, our uh, our drummer for today, Tristan Cheek. Uh, Tristan, come if you would. Amen. And he is, uh, he's graduating Mineola, right? Mineola High School. Stay right there, brother. Thank you. Amen. Um... Katie Rose Parish. Where'd Katie Rose go? Katie Rose from White House High School, right? Okay, making sure I get everybody right. All right. Katie Rose, there you go. All right. And uh, then we have Clay Brown. Is Clay here? Clay, White House also, right? Clay, amen. Clay's been coming because of the wonderful preaching. No, actually, he's been coming with... Uh, And then, uh, uh, let's see here. Okay. Oh, Christian's not here. Okay. And then we have uh, a college graduate uh, in Miss Julie Arnold. Amen. Miss Julie. Miss Julie uh, graduated from SFA uh, with a bachelor's degree in, uh, in social work. Amen. Amen. So she's definitely going to be helping people. Amen. Uh, all right, and then I know I missed, uh, when she walked in, I knew immediately, Natalie Parrish, amen. Not only a newlywed, a freshly graduated nurse, amen. Uh, and then, uh, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else graduating that I missed? Because we don't want to miss anybody. Again, do not be shy, all right? Y'all know of anybody I missed? Okay. All right. Well, this is wonderful. Amen. Let's give these one more hand, if you would. And uh, I'm going to invite you to come as we uh, close today. If uh, you are related to one of these or a parent, a grandparent, whatever, would you come and help me lay hands on them? And we're going to pray a prayer of blessing over them. So I'm going to invite families to come and uh, be with them. All right. If you would. Come on. Don't be shy. Yeah, there you go. I guess really in, in, in most of it, we're, we're all really family, aren't we? Amen. Amen. Sometimes, you, sometimes your spiritual family is uh, thicker than blood. Amen. 
Amen. <laughs> All right. Yeah, come on. Come on. There you go. Well, if you would, I'm going to ask you all, if you would, extend a hand towards these, if you would, and we want to pray a prayer of blessing over them as we dismiss today, all right? Uh, Lord, we love you today, and we just want to pray over these, God. Thank you for these accomplishments in their life. Lord, I know this represents a lot of hard work and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of prayer. Uh, God, I know that all these degrees are prayer-bought <laughs> to some degree, Lord, and I just pray that, Lord, you would just uh, show them, God, uh, I pray that what we talked about today, that they would see whatever you call them to do, wherever you send them, uh, it's their mission field, God. And I pray that, God, you would give them clarity and give them vision. And, uh, Lord, uh, just show them exactly where you want them to be. We pray for their next step, whether that be college, whether that be a career, uh, whether that be vocation. Uh, Lord, whatever is the next chapter, God, I pray that you would show them uh, exactly where you want them to be. Not just any choice, but your choice, your will. Because, uh, Lord, I, my prayer for all of these, as we talked about this morning, is that, God, we could all be son, uh, said of, Lord, uh, that we were uh, good and faithful servants. May we be faithful in our calling. May we be faithful in our vocations. Uh, Lord, so I pray that, God, you would bless them, make your face to shine upon them, and, God, may they be full of joy. And uh, we just celebrate with them, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give them one more hand and you are dismissed. Amen.